This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Chris with a couple announcements. I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon uh, in a couple days, July 1st through 3rd at Helium Comedy Club. Get your tickets at portland.heliumcomedy.com. Also, I have a new comedy album coming out, an audio album. It's called the Rescue Cactus Album. Some of the material from my Rescue Cactus comedy special, but recorded on a different night. We recorded two shows along with on that album, a lot of material you haven't heard, which I'm excited about you hearing. So get my album. It uh, comes out on the 27th of July for Pandora and Sirius XM. And then and uh, the worldwide, I guess I can say, release is on August 3rd. So get my album. Thank you. And, of course, get Jordan Morris's new graphic novel, Bubble. It's coming out July 13th. Get that wherever you get your books and you get your comics. Okay? Thank you very much. <clears throat> and you're welcome. One, two, three. Um, that was a good one. <laughs> Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Karen, I assume that all day you've been glued to the TV watching the U.S. Open of golf. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, you can't <laughs> stop. With, with Ennio Rigatano getting in there and just hitting it the furthest. See, I don't even know who that is. Are you I, deeper? I, I made it up. Oh, Eddie Oregon, how <laughs> Damn it. See, now that, that proves that I haven't been watching it either. But I, I just wanted to call you out. I am self-conscious about, I think I've told you about how much I've been golfing, just because golf in general, other than the movie Caddyshack, is not cool, and it's a waste of resources, and it's exclusive, which is nothing I've ever wanted to be part of. Uh, no, this is a whole new side. This is the country club Chris Fairbanks said I never knew was even in there. 
And I think now might be what your dominant personality has been all along. It's all I think about and I'm addicted to it. And it's I did not see it coming a year ago. And uh, anyway, I've been I got I spent a great deal of money on new clubs and I went to the the place that you Dunder Mifflin, uh, whatever, Brooks and Dunn. I forget the name of the store, but Dunn is in it. And they were so mean that it owed it. It reminded me that golf is not cool. Just these mean little men. I I went up to one of them. He, well, he said, "Can I help you?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes, you can." What do you know about these new Cobra clubs that are all one length? And he said, "Well, they're all one length, and they're made by Cobra." And the anger. Underneath, like he was being a smartass, and I immediately said, "Ooh, is it comedy time?" <laughs> and, and then he shrugged and walked away. And then I went up to him and said, "Can I get the Wi-Fi password so I can buy these clubs on Amazon?" And he almost punched me. It was like yeah. a whole thing. I had like I immediately had a fight with this little angry little man, and uh, eventually he went to an office and breathed through it and then came and helped me and we we ended up we left uh, practically hugging no yeah i mean the i want him i killed him with kindness we had our initial fight but i do feel good about how i left it because uh, i'm telling you that if i were an angry little man and you said can i have the wi-fi passport so i can buy these on amazon <laughs> <laughs> it would have been over. Like yeah. the fact that you drove it to the edge, Thelma and Louise style, and then brought it back is really, it's impressive. He, gave, he came out of the gates swinging and I, uh, I had to do it. I had, I think he's a better person for it. And, and so am I. And we had, I we mean, had a what a way to kick off this episode, just to kind <laughs> of, to affirm and confirm humanity's goodness and, Chris Fairbanks out fixing people. And it's important to stand up for yourself and have little confrontations, knowing that your next plan is to <laughs> smooth sing things over. It's very Just important. constant confrontations. Don't let it. So everything... you know you're alive. Yeah. I feel alive, Karen. That's the reason I brought it up. Good. You should. And I think that's the best time to introduce our guest is <laughs> when we're feeling at our peak peak yeah. living experience yeah yeah do you want to do it do you want to go for it i think we could do both you can chime in when you want but i feel like i would like to introduce this guest because he's uh and i've lived in los angeles long enough to say he's an old friend of mine we've oh. worked together uh he's hilarious he can do so many things he uh it kind of introduced me to podcasting really by having me on Jordan Jesse go and then Me too. Uh, if you haven't heard his uh, episodic uh, scripted podcast bubble uh, it was really groundbreaking I'd, I hadn't heard a lot of podcasts like that in the past also if you if you back him into a corner he can just do stand-up and he's never even felt <laughs> it's like a pastime and I've seen him kill at stand-up which almost annoyed me at the time but then I remembered we're friends put your hands together for Jordan Morris <laughs> That's right, at home. Put your hands together. Oh, hey, guys, sorry, I spaced out a little bit. I've just been, <laughs> I just been glued to this uh, U.S. Open of golf. Have you See? guys been watching this thing? Yeah, right, See, Karen? Mm -hmm. Can you See? believe See? when Shelvin Slesley uh, three-wooded his sand trap? I was... All the way down <laughs> that thing. I yeah. mean, 
he put, you know what he did is he took the ball and he moved it down the green, which is what we're here it's for. It's the fundamentals. Yeah. You can count yeah. on Shelvin's Leslie for those sorts <laughs> of fundamentals. Sorry, Karen. I liked it when you made up the name of the fake golf guy. Also wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you have to get in on that. I, the only reason I was able to, my dad watches golf all day. Yeah. That's his number one watching sport because it's like, the perfect it's like just relaxing it's almost like forced meditation i think there's it's so slow and and low-key and he gets so mad when there's like fans in the audience or there's loud people because he's like what the hell are they doing like it's like yeah. not classic golf <laughs> right and i what is this honestly, tennis what is yeah. this, some some punk some some punks watching tennis what is this a cindy lauper concert um, that's probably what he would say but but what are these uh, yahoos here to see James Taylor <laughs> <laughs> partying? But he, I would watch it with him and he would ask me, he would be like, who's up now? Because he was further away from the TV than me. And I literally would squint because I wasn't wearing my glasses. I would squint and just guess the names. He's like, who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and so I was, I started doing that just almost like to mess with him. Cause my dad tries to force my sister and I to love sports as much as him. And I took it like I've taken it as a crusade of like, I will not bend to this demand. Like you come and like a thing I like, cause we, we have to do everything you like and do. So like he'll, he'll walk in and be, I'll walk in and he'll be like, uh, can you believe that thing that happened with Marshawn Lynch? And I'll be like, dad, it blows my mind. And he's like, Oh, you're being sarcastic. But the assumption, the assumption is that I'm in that conversation automatically every time that's so great i love it that's how my dad is uh, karen what's the secret to a good fake golf name yeah i think eddie uh trying to make it sound slightly foreign i found okay. because there were lots of people from different different countries but also it's people seem to have kind of snappy names like ezzi endings or an E-T-T-I. Then sometimes I just do stuff I like. Like, I, the first name I thought of was Ennio Morricone, and then it's just, let's do a version of that, and it sounds like a real person. This is such a fascinating glimpse at your process. <laughs> <laughs> I think This I is real behind point. the scenes. This is Here's great. This, we're getting, this we're is getting into how I do it. <laughs> Here's, Marin wishes Here's my fake golf name. <laughs> Kurt Schlesinger. I think that's a good one. That is, is he good. real? No, no. See, oh, that's yeah. great. Sound yeah, that was so really good. Real. You guys have a new segment: real or fake golf. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever had a segment on this show? I'm writing that down. Yeah, that's we what you should, need one segment. We just one. Start doing mini segments and just putting them out there. See how people respond. <laughs> real or Cor fake most golf. Corin Bunsen. <laughs> most of them true or false type. So, uh, you know, people could be at home yelling at their, uh, as they listen, their answer. Uh, it's Jordan, have you in quarantine, like Chris with his golf, have you picked up any new uh, hobbies or interests? Yeah, I, I have. I, I, so I, I, uh, I was a kind of a casual swimmer before, but I started um, swimming a little more seriously. Um, and I, I think it's, it's probably kind of sort of related to Chris's golfing in that, like, there's just only a certain amount of things that were open during COVID. And I'm mm -hmm. saying past tense. I don't think this Delta variant's going anywhere. I think we should all start <laughs> licking handrails. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, but yeah, like I know that like a lot of people started golfing just because it was, you know, an outdoor thing you could do. And so like outdoor pools had like more restrictions than they usually do. Like you 
you know, couldn't go in the locker room. So you just had to like drive home with a wet towel around you. But like, <laughs> uh, but you know, outdoor pool stayed open. So I started swimming a little bit more seriously and I started running. I thought I would fucking what? hate running. My doctor suggested it. Um, but I got really into it because I liked the playlist making aspect of it. The uh, running apps like sync up with Apple Music pretty easily. So you can like, and so yeah, like curating the running playlist really made me like, like it. And yeah, now I do it a couple times a week still. I've kind of kept up with it. So yeah, those were my like quarantine acquisitions. Be and careful. Uh, cat, cat singing too, singing to the cat more. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. I do that with my plants. <laughs> yeah. But if you if you get into the uh, playlist curation, running could s- slowly slide into being a professional DJ. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, I, the wild world concerned. of song curation. Because yeah, it's it a real one worry. minute you're running, and the 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 next minute you're just wearing a vest with no shirt in Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing cakes on the front row. What? How did I get here? <laughs> Do you and have, then the I movie you... pauses and rewinds and that's the start of the movie. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you got to show the flash, the flashback. I thought you were going to say be careful because you could slide into manorexia, which I was like, mm, <laughs> uh, also a serious concern. I'm very interested in the fact that, Jordan, you went, it feels to me like you went like, um, I feel like there was kind of two directions in quarantine, which was watch everything on Netflix and eat everything made of sugar or really fight it and like get outside and like do things. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you brought up sugar because something that I found real early on uh, during quarantine stuff is that um, uh, drinking bummed me out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, you know this about me. I like to have a drink. It's a lot yeah, of fun. It's something uh, you and I used to do together sometimes. Sure. And I was but, there for it. Yeah. <laughs> then I, you know, my first instinct when like everything happened was like, all right, time to learn how to make the old fashioned my <laughs> in the house. Time yeah. to barrel age the whiskey and fucking muddle mint and shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I would do that. And like, it was two sips to sadness. Like I was just bummed after two sips and like the world is fucked and this is fucked and I hate this and I'm by myself and where did the cat go and like you know just <laughs> very dark yeah just it really got dark fast and I like um you know so I kind of just stopped drinking and you know when people would do the like all right zoom happy hour jackbox night like I would I would just like have a seltzer and yeah you know, uh, uh so I stopped drinking but it turns out that your body still wants that sugar. So mm-hmm. my fucking sweet tooth is out of control. All I think about are donuts. Uh, I joined Instagram, too. I joined Instagram during quarantine. And all my ads are just like Cold Stone and Baskin Robbins. Like Instagram oh, knows funny. how like corny I am for cake batter ice cream. <laughs> like You col- must be whispering it to yourself or something in the like, Alexa's over here. Yeah. Like, if only just one donut. Oh. Uh, funfetti, funfetti, funfetti. Yeah. yeah, you gotta stop sleeping with your phone next to your pillow. Yeah, I know. It can like tell that my eyes are slowing down <laughs> when the uh, Haagen-Dazs ad pops up. <laughs> God, this Poor guy wants to fuck this ice cream. I know it. <laughs> That's a huge thing, though, because the same thing happened to me when I quit drinking. It was like the wave because I drank for very badly and for a very long time. But it was the waves of like, ooh, to- I'm so cleansed and clean. Right. And then it was like, um, 
and I was walking everywhere. And so, yeah, it was, it was like, it's the new me. And then suddenly it was just like, oh, this gaping maw. It's not just craving sugar. It's like craving, you know, human experience or like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the loss of something or it's so much deeper and um heavier and more insane that it's like, it's when I started realizing, oh, this addiction thing is just, it doesn't matter what the topic is. Right. Like, yeah. if you, you know, if you're not drinking, then you want sugar. If you're not eating, then you want to shop. And it's all the yeah, same sure. kind of like black hole filling, I think. For me anyway. Yeah. No, that like that totally that that uh, that tracks with what I was experiencing, too. I think you just like, yeah, certain brains are tuned to like need just like a kick or some intensity or something like that. And yeah, right. If you can't, if the, yeah, if the fucking muddled old fashioned isn't doing it, like, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, right. Yeah. Just shove a donut in there. Yeah. Get that Postmates delivered that I discovered in quarantine. Postmates delivers salt and straw ice cream. So it's no insanely expended, expensive. Yeah. It's 12 yeah. bucks a, a pint, I think. Like, but it's the highest grade, best, you know, like best reviewed or whatever. And I was like, "Ooh, this is on Postmates. And it got to my house literally in like six minutes. And I was like, oh, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah. this is the dangerous. end. This is where my hermiting really starts. Because Ooh, do they <laughs> do they deliver it with more urgency because it can melt then? It's I mean, I because I don't know. It bring doesn't soupy ice cream. They're not going to deliver it last, I guess that's for sure. But I don't know. Wow. It's just so, it, the whole thing is so like, I think for a lot of those quarantine experiences, I was the one thing I would say to myself is just go easy on yourself because you're going to do a bunch of fucked up shit. But don't right. like this is unprecedented. Don't judge it and don't make it extra hard yeah. by being mean to yourself. But. Yeah, my I kind of the this other part of me fucking loved it. It was like a snow weekend. You know what I mean? We yeah. got snowed in. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. But you know, globally. I saw everyone else kind of treating initially I saw other people that don't normally drink all the time. Like you said, and during Zoom shows or just seeing people chat online about it, they were they're all drinking and having bottles of wine and i was i was in panic mode i'm like i have to turn my life around i have no control <laughs> over what's happening in the world now is where i become a guy that uh does chin-ups and sit-ups and uh eats right and uh it kind of wore off though i have to say and now now that everyone's back to normal i'm slowing it down again with my own choices so i'm back i'm back i'm, I'm having a seltzer right now you guys <laughs> nice yeah well it was for golf earlier today and i didn't have it because you know it's interesting uh i i was i was i was thinking about this uh, when you told me that you were golfing chris it does seem like there's a correlation between like punk guy who's getting a little bit older and yeah. golf and i consider you I, I consider you a classic fuck the system punk rocker Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I don't, you know, uh, like all the music, I'd never got into the, uh, you know, Blink One Eighty Two and everything. You know, I'm punk rock down yeah, to the I know. core. That's your spirit. But yeah, I we feel know like, yeah. from the golf the golf club story that you're fucking punk rock. I yeah, mean, you're just, see, <laughs> that's exactly right. I stuck it to the man, didn't I? In a very punk yes. rock way, down at Dunder <laughs> Mifflin. 
Uh, yeah, but it seems and- like you see a lot of pictures of like you know Alice Cooper and Fat Mike in like their loud golf oh, pants. Of course, yeah, yeah. With you know a bunch of like <laughs> like <laughs> red bloated banker guys and like they're all golfing together. I don't know what it, I don't know what the correlation is, but it seems yeah. like there is one. And I, yeah, I can't put my finger on it either, except that the the skateboarder friends I have that I've been meeting with also have gotten into golf. As, yes, Karen, I see. I know. <laughs> I know the correlation. OK, OK. <laughs> it's rich guys and guys that are pretending that they're doing business while they golf. And I right. think uh, that started it where it's like it's a hang and it's a guy thing but also if we're, we can do like fake business stuff or real business hanging or whatever and then i think that just spilled out over onto here's a different way guys can socialize yeah. where you don't have to go stand in a you're right a sports bar or whatever. early on i just desperately wanted to be near other people and uh and the guys that i golf with are really good friends of mine now but at first i didn't know them very well but it felt so good to just have that interaction but now i'm to the point where i can't believe uh you know some guy that makes medical devices goes out and golfs with his doctors i can't talk while i'm golfing i have to focus (laughs) if you talk i'm gonna look at you weird i'm silent the whole time and I'm and uh, so, yeah, that's how serious I am. You guys, I'm just bragging. I've never been able to <laughs> no I play a lot of video games and I've never been able to make a social time out of video games <laughs> because I just want to sit quietly and do a good job at it. And I don't want to like chat. So like I was never good at those like dorm parties where everybody played Mario Kart because yeah. I wanted to take the Mario Kart seriously. <laughs> I I feel bad. It's very serious. It is. You. It we, is. We have to get the best time on Rainbow Road. We have to. You make have it to win. Moo Moo Meadows. Here's the thing about video games. Yeah. It's people are pretending to be casual. Everybody wants to win. Yep. Yeah. Only. Yep. Yeah. And you can get high or you can chit chat or whatever. But ultimately, when you win, that is a true and real victory, and that's what everyone's trying for. But then you have to kind of like you don't you don't think you're going to do it because you're not the best. Whatever you'll under underplay your the importance in all of our hearts you're right in all of our inner child hearts it's the it really matters it's a regret of mine and it has been for years that i didn't let her but maybe i was afraid my mom would get good and beat me if i let her play (laughs) super mario brothers (laughs) i wouldn't let her i think about it all the time seriously my mom wanted to play video games with me and i actually wouldn't let her what a little shit I mean, this is very similar to the to the golf store situation. I think this is a control thing. I think it's a power dynamic. Or, as Jordan said, am I just simply a little punk rock? Huh? It might be. It could just be the uh, the anti-establishment uh, juices running through your veins. <laughs> yes. There, those juices are always flowing, babe. <laughs> Lifelong juices. <laughs> Lifelong. <laughs> uh, that re that reaction that the golf guy had to you asking about the clubs and he's like oh they're made by cobra and they're the same like that mm-hmm. like i associate that behavior with guy who works at the comic book store and i was so amazed to hear that that kind of behavior um um you would see at a golf store although i guess it makes sense because they are both domains of the like smug white guy so i i yeah. guess i guess it tracks more than i initially thought I thought he would want to talk about them because it's a kind of a divisive issue that all of a sudden someone made clubs that are all the the same length. You know, usually they're all different varying lengths and then 
one pro was like, why it would be easier if they were all just the same length. And it made sense to me. And I read about him and I wanted this guy to talk me out of him. But instead, I was met with that abrasive comic book attitude. Right. <laughs> or like the uh, Guitar Center, where when you're coming in, <laughs> there's no way you can be good enough to have the conversation with the person who's chosen to work at a store based in your interest. Yeah. So, and I would always go into any guitar store with so much insecurity because I'm not there to prove to you that I'm, uh, you know, Nancy Wilson from heart. I just yeah. want a fucking capo or whatever. And I want to do my own thing privately, but like, yeah, it is a little bit of, I think golf, especially because I bet you those clubs mean something to those people that work there like oh this is the you know dot comification of the yeah. great art of what you know there's some you know there's some argument within it that like they're class assistants so this is some yeah. horrible version i think this guy's response was i hate that th this new thing that it's the clubs you're asking right. about and i'm gonna be very curt with you and that's what it was that's so funny because everyone was in everyone that came in there was trying to prove just like you said that they were they were like dropping the names of the local golf pros and trying to uh slip in how their score and how they've been doing it was so weird like chill local la golf pro yeah who, who's that oh uh you know it, yeah i almost dropped uh my friend brandon's name in uh palm springs he's the touring pga pro there just so Ooh. they would come and talk to me and and sell me these damn clubs it was the opposite of going to a car dealership they they wouldn't listen to me i felt alone and i was scared i bet you they thought because of that hat you have on, they, they thought you were poor. Uh, yeah, they were. They, they wanted you out. My hair was all over the place and they thought I was riffraff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it right away. I didn't like yeah. it. Karen, I'd like to hear more about Guitar Center employees as yeah. like <laughs> characters. Like I love the I love the character, the like the king of the small kingdom. Like, yes, what? Yeah, I because I, I as a non musician, I'm kind of vaguely aware that the guitar center employee is like, it, like a figure that kind of looms large. Can you describe them? Now, I will say this: um, many, many people have worked at Guitar Center. I've not dealt with all of them. Sure. I'm not saying this is uh, comprehensive or across the board, but as an insecure girl going woman going in to buy a guitar or a pickup that was the problem so we had Marilyn Rice Cub and I had this act the girls guitar club where we would literally play in clubs and we were playing acoustic guitars that sometimes had built-in pickups and sometimes we had to buy a pickup and the whole act was how we didn't know how to play the guitar. And some people loved it. Many hated it. Uh, and p especially like professional musician and soundboard type guys. Who yeah, fucking yeah. Hated it. Hated it. Um, <laughs> so going into that store, I my whole thing was I'm not going to be able to sit here and talk to you about like bar chords or anything. Mm. I, I literally know four chords. I just need to get this shit to go do this show. It's mostly comedy. I'm not here to qualify. So I was definitely coming in with a lot of heat and defensiveness and fear. And I always got the guy that looked like he was the bass player in a, a 
Sepultura cover band or whatever. <laughs> so he's fucking serious. He has been like practicing in his studio apartment off of Hollywood Boulevard for 19 years. And people like me think they can walk in and blah, blah. So I feel like there, it would always be this kind of, um, I would always get the worst possible person for my behavior when yeah. I feel insecure, which is, uh, irritated, sarcastic and immediately angry with any slight oh my anything God. and then i would get the guy that was literally like what do you want it for and then i would oh just God. be like i want to i want to fucking nag it to death those, you just explained bit. you just explained to me the attitude with which i went into that store i was quick I was ready. I was I was defensive. I was self-conscious. I did the exact thing you're talking about. And <laughs> right. I happened to run into golf sepultura guy. <laughs> I'm Which sure... I think would be worse. Yeah. That think... guy parties less. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe something that unites golf guy, um, comic book store guy and guitar center guy, probably a lot of long male ponytails. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think a lot of uh, chunky um either necklaces or bracelets you know not chunky but like they stand out like a a signature piece necklace or a signature piece bracelet of some kind where they're like this is what i'm like yeah this is my peacocking flair yes <laughs> that's right it's a skull can you believe it <laughs> i'm i'm like the mind freak but for golf <laughs> 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 there was a guy in, in um, Green Apple one time, or was it Meltdown? I went in to, to check because my friend wrote an issue of some popular comic book. And I swear to God, I don't know. I know bas the very basic things. And then I know like when I used to love Dan Klaus and just go buy whatever he had, but I don't know correct terminology. And I didn't know how to ask for the thing. And the like just trying to put the question together, the guy hated me so much that I just left. I was like mid-sentence of trying to figure out how to ask. Like, it's the newest issue of this one comic book. And as I was trying to put it together, I was like, just don't whatever this comes out as, it's not going to work. Just don't do it. Like, he doesn't want you to. He doesn't want to help. This is his world. He's trying to actually protect his world from people like you, which I get. Like, it's that kind of like, don't just come in here, you fucking weekenders, and get one issue. <laughs> yeah. Like, dedicate your life to these characters. And, you know, I get it. That's so funny. That also describes, God, I, yeah, I just wanted to prove to this guy I wasn't just a weekender. Damn it. But you had weekender hair. Yeah. <laughs> weekender smile. I should have went in there a little more dressed, a little more. Uh, yeah. I I realized where I went wrong. Thank you for explaining it with your stories, hey, Karen. That's what we're here for. Jordan, with your swimming, is there anything that's like that that's official? Is there is it like are you swimming? Is it your own plan or is there a league? Uh, yeah. Or, I'm yeah. part of something. Uh, yeah. It's, so it's called it's called a. Um, uh it, oh gosh uh I'm, swim I'm, club I'm, it's called a swim club yeah it's called a ma it's called a master's program it sounds a little more impressive than it actually is yeah yeah um, so it's like you're getting your master's in swimming yeah, i am i'm getting my master's congratulations <laughs> it's doctor swimmer now um i uh, yes actually uh, our our mutual buddy andy wood turned me on to this Oh yeah. Um yeah, so he it's it's a it's kind of a swim program. There are a variety of different lanes for a variety of different speeds. Mm. Um 
yeah, so it's like you can, if you are like a jacked, lean human bullet, you can go in one lane. And if you are um, uh, m- uh, me, you can go in a different <laughs> lane far away from the jacked human bullets, but you're all you, still kind of doing the same basic thing. Do you have um, to showcase your ability and be assigned that lane? That's where I would be. You know, very you kind of just have to be honest with, you yeah. know, with, with yourself and with everyone, how fast you are. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're swimming in a lane where everyone is too fast, everyone will be, fucking golf store mad at you yeah 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 four seconds of course because yeah you kind of all have to swim at the same rate um or else the whole the whole thing doesn't work so oh so there's multiple swimmers per lane based on level yeah they kind of changed it a little bit in covid for in covid it was like one person to a lane for a while but his stuff kind of started to open up but yeah typically in a non-covid situation there's you know three or four people in a lane so you all kind of have to agree on how fast you're swimming and if you can't swim as fast as those people you should go in another lane you should fuck off yeah, you should also go fuck yourself. You should go yeah. fuck yourself. Maybe go uh, wade in the therapy pool with the yeah. elderly Russian women who have with new hips. With brain damage. Yeah. And, and you also said, I think you told me this, there are other people that swim decently with a snorkel that goes up the center. Yeah, head, right? there's a lot of weird See? gear. So there's a snorkel that goes that up the gear. front of the face. I got it. You got the front face. Yeah. And there's also <laughs> something I've seen used, uh, a mono fin, where it's you put both your feet into a mermaid tail. Oh, and you I love that. Around. I think Lori yes. Martin has one of these. Ooh, does she? Yeah, she swims at my pool sometimes. And I think I've seen her with a mono fin where you just kind of kick around like an elegant mer person. And it's really yes. beautiful. I feel like I, I, uh, I would like to try it. I think I would feel very elegant. Yeah, yeah. I do like the frog kicking aspect just for my own hip therapy, though. So I'm out. Oh, I'm no yeah. merman. Okay, for you me. don't have Sorry. to get one. You Sorry. won't get it. I we won't like... buy you one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But Karen, I'm let's feeling buy one. Karen, oh, if I want Christmas. Buy one for no, he will not. Accept. I can hear you guys and I'm excited. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> We d- we're going to get you um, a mono fin, but for each leg, so you can frog kick with huge fins, which is oh. a whole new, it's like a brand new amphibian that oh, you are yeah. going to become. It's called a turbo frog. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Are you ready? <laughs> they're nature's greatest mistake. <laughs> Front to God. <laughs> I feel like if you did that and you had two mono fins on either foot, you would actually come up out of the water. Like your chest would be up out of the water. You'd be so powerful. I would for, I forward. I remember when I first tried to take just swimming in college. I wasn't getting my master's. It's the undergrad <laughs> swim. I mm. uh he couldn't he would watch me swim and he would get frustrated not understanding why my body was sinking, like why my legs sink. It's just like, well, you just have heavy legs. I don't know why this is happening because he he was sh- you know, this is just the kicking stage where you have the board and you're kicking. <laughs> you're and right. this guy had no faith. He basically talked me out of swimming until a doctor, like you said, assigned swimming to be one of my activities. And I made myself start doing it. But I, I'd be nervous to show up for your club if with my snorkel. So you're saying... There are guys with snorkels like me, and maybe I could join you. You would look like you would look like you were serious if you had the snorkel. I think oh. the snorkel would help your case. It would be like, oh, yeah, wow. this guy's got the gear. Cool. 
It does have Michael uh, Phelps' signature on it. Yeah. There you go. See, you got (laughs) Wow, this guy knows Phelps. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. And all the snorkels are the same length, which is very controversial. Right. Yes. The cobra snorkel. (laughs) Cobra snorkel. (laughs) Can I? They come up like that. Can I admit something to you guys? Yeah. The snorkel comes with these caps, uh, like a neon green one and a blue one, all with a smaller hole. So it's supposed to, I guess, help with your lung capacity, make you a better swimmer with less oxygen coming. Does that make any sense? So I left one on there, but I cut the hole bigger just so because I was so self-conscious about having a snorkel. I left the green cap on top. So people in the know would be like, that guy's good. And they wouldn't notice that I also had flippers on, <laughs> which make me fast. And uh, now I know that it's I, I kind of wish I hadn't admitted that. You would absolutely get caught by Jordan's swimming group. Yeah. I would you you wouldn't last that scam would not fly. I, I mean, I'm sorry, speaking for would, your group. We would, we would take you behind the uh, Verdugo Aquatic Facility and beat you with towels. <laughs> real <laughs> hard snaps. Just really whip you with some with some wet towels. One Just confused guy shows up with the uh, full metal jacket sock filled with pennies. Okay. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Come on. <laughs> no. This isn't See? a thematically appropriate thing to beat this guy <laughs> yeah, with. We're swimmers. You're, yeah, you're killing me. But uh, I'm changing I, my car. I would be nervous <laughs> to swim with the... Uh, Andy Wood, just because he, I went to some spa birthday thing and all these pro swimmers came in, Olympic swimmers, <laughs> and he knew them. He knew yeah. their names. He knew their stats. They started talking about swimming and I, I just wandered off to a hot tub. But uh, I, I assume he's a very good swimmer. He's a great swimmer. Yeah, he's really fast. He's in, in great shape. Uh, a nice, a nice man. He's got it he, all. As he really f- does. He was he won on Jeopardy. We won it's, on Jeopardy. Jeez. Yeah. He won on Jeopardy. I won what on Jeopardy. Did Baby. my dad would call him a physical specimen. That's how right. he compliments <laughs> men with a nice figure. Now, <laughs> Jordan, can you do the spin where when you're swimming forward you do the do yeah. to turn around and go the other way? Yeah, that actually At that actually wall? took that took me a while. It's um, hard, right? Yeah, I was doing for when I first started. I was doing what they call an open turn, which is when you just touch the wall and then right. kick off again. But uh, eventually, I learned to do the flip turn, and uh, yeah, it's it's really taken my game to the next level. Not to get too specific and talk Please. too much swim shop, but do you know anyone that does the rollover turn with a snorkel, where they come out and blow <laughs> it out like a like a like a whale? When oh. they breach the surface. There's got to be a way to do that with the snorkel. Not even Andy Wood can do it. No. Well, <laughs> not even. Well, I have a new goal, don't I? <laughs> you can you prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. The, this dude's so fucking punk rock. He's doing flip turns with the snorkel. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if he gets a mouthful of pool water. <laughs> you blow an actual tune when you come out of the water. It's like, or something like that. So it's a whole vibe. I really am interested in this. First of all, I would never, ever do it there because you women, women who's always swum or swam. I think it's like that is the it's the smartest thing to get into as a kid, because then you just develop the best body like your muscles are the best, like Andy Wood style, where you're just like huge on top. I mean, right. Swimmers bodies are ideal. So you don't want to really come in you know, 20 years after the fact and be like, maybe I'll get into this. But if I already like, if I'd already done it or already had that kind of 
a lanky body. I would completely get into that because I love the idea of, um, I think swimming is the best exercise. It's so fun. And it really like, it's great exercise. It's like double normal cardio. Yeah. I'll and say it's your whole I think body. there are a lot yeah. of people with a lot of different kinds of bodies in this club who are right. very fast, good swimmers. And I would say that I think it's because swimming is more about technique than it is about muscle. Like if you're, if you, if you know how to like keep long in the water, you can swim really fast, even if you don't have you know, a ton of upper arm strength or something. Um, uh, I'm not a super fast swimmer, so I'm a bad example, but I do, uh, in my swim team, a lot of the faster people don't have the, like, traditional sinewy body. There are some, like, yeah, a lot of different kinds of uh, physiques are good at swimming, I would say. So, oh, uh, yeah, so I think it's something people should try if they're curious. Am I wrong to say, though, that some people just sink and other people don't sink and there's no rhyme or reason to it? And the ones who do sink are witches? Yeah, yeah, I'm yes. a witch. Jordan, yeah. Jordan yes or no? <laughs> That's one. a yes. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we do a lot of yeah, we do a lot of post swim witch burnings. You see who sinks. Yeah. You take them yeah. out to the pyre. <laughs> <laughs> the pyre. When you say stay long in the water, do you mean like stay keep correct form up at the top, like as you're swimming? Yeah, I think it's just kind of about being like uh, being as straight a line as possible. You know. Okay. Um, you know, which is, takes some like core strength or whatever, but it's mostly about like knowing to like keep okay. straight and your head down and your. When you, you said know. stay long in the water, I thought you meant uh, try and make your PP cut nugget small when it's cold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, right. Yes, try. See, I'm such a child. Keep, I can't try, even try say keep semi hard while you're I in the can't. pool. I knew that I was going to say PP, and I started giggling. I can't even deliver a joke anymore. Is it, we've come through a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris, Jordan. you know, you can stay long in the water, but it's also important to stay thick in the water. Thank you, Jordan. I'm like a soda can. Yeah. Okay. Guys. Uh-huh. Let's refocus. Yes, Jordan. Yeah. That's my Goggles, fault. no goggles. <laughs> oh, you gotta do gogs. Yeah, yeah. You gotta it, gogs. I never yeah. understood, like with skiing, too. Goggles are so important. Being able to see is the most important thing. Of just about any physical activity. And when I would see someone <laughs> skiing with just a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. With tears streaming down their face from wind and ice pieces hitting their corneas. <laughs> it made me sick. It still makes me sick. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's horrifying. Gotta have gogs. I, all my interest is because last summer I really started swimming a ton of laps. Yeah, Karen has a pool, a little pool. And, and I love it so. And it was this I, like I could immediately tell I could immediately see muscles come out on my legs and stuff. It yeah. was this thing where I was like, wow, this is pretty intense. So I started I watched some YouTube video series and then I downloaded an app that was like basically swimming training and immediately okay. had no idea what was going on. Like, yeah. I don't know. I watched the videos. I thought I got it. But it's all about the it's all about the amount of laps you do and and. There's a whole fucking system that's very intricate that I just didn't understand yeah. when there's I was downloading that There's an app. oppressive lingo. There's like an oppressive, like, hard to parse lingo, you know, like, you know, uh, yeah, do a, yeah, do 200s on the 50 DPS. And it's like, <laughs> just it's like a, a sunburned guy is just yelling that at you. And you're like, wait, what's, you know. Wait. Uh, so yeah, got, do you a, know the lingo now? You've, uh, you, you yeah, translated but it? I still, I still am. I've been doing it for a while, and I still and will encounter 
our sunburned coach will sometimes yell at us a thing. I'm like, yep, I still don't know what that means. I <laughs> yeah, still don't. Yeah. Yeah, same with golf and stuff. Like it uh oh, you had a nice draw on that. I'm like, thank you. I do not know what a draw is. Like, yeah. I also do art as well. <laughs> yeah. That's what you meant, right? Drawing. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh it's okay to just play it dumb, I think. Then or people... or just not know and not care because that's not I love the idea that in both of these things you guys are talking about, it's kind of like the idea isn't people going there to be like and now i win the swim club or you know what i mean it's yeah. like everyone's just trying to do stuff i think it's like getting back to that a little bit of like doing things for the enjoyment and for the whatever you want to do but it's not about it, you know no one's going to the olympics and I or maybe may, they are yeah, maybe, who, yeah it's never too late to go to the it's, oh wait yes it is it is always too late <laughs> there's a very uh, definitive just, cutoff date yeah that's true i that's you true. make me want to not wear it because i wear a little swim cap but looking at your hair uh with the highlights that are because of chlorine you make me want to because we have similar hair yeah, we have similar hair, and I definitely, I, for some reason, can never find a swim cap that fits. It always just kind of pops off my head yeah, in the middle too. of the pool. I can and be applying it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's <laughs> head size or what, but yeah, I I swim without a cap, and uh, yeah, as a result, my uh, normally chestnut hair is now a... a <laughs> A Mark McGrath blonde on the tips. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm McGrathin over here. Oh, I'll never forget the time I sat next to Mark McGrath at the Crab Cooker. Jordan, you're from Orange County. You might remember Wait. the Crab Cooker. And someone asked him, I was sitting near him with just an earshot, and someone said, what's your favorite band of all time? And he said, Green Day. <laughs> and and uh, I just, uh, it was a surprise to me that he didn't say, uh, you know. Led Zeppelin or something, but uh, boy, McGrath, you got no, the, the tips, Jordan. That's, that's an authentic. That's the kind of authenticity that you kind of have to respect, you know. Yeah, He's like, yeah. music for me started in 1992. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of recognize myself in it. It's my favorite, right? But I'm not going to pick my own. That would be an asshole move. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll do one over. Although, I think that's also kind of a good pick, though. I would think Mark McGrath would say something. Super fucking irritating, like Rush or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah it's very judgmental. Kind of, there is a kind of like non pretentiousness to it, and I think that like who who among us doesn't have a couple of fucking Green Day songs that we love every time they come on? They made hits. They did. Yeah. They made hits. It's what they did. They're a little embarrassing now, but yes, <laughs> who isn't? Yeah, yes, yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> God, we there, all sucked in the nineties and two thousands. We did. There's a um. There's a. I saw I, on the. I I belong to like a punk subreddit. There's this punk sub subreddit that I like to read, and somebody posted a video of like Green Day playing in their like high school quad, and they're all like fucking fifteen and like. The sound is there. Like, it's awesome. They rock. No one's paying attention to them. Everybody's just eating lunch and, like, unlocking their bikes. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, it's kind of awesome. If you can, uh, yeah, if you can, if you can YouTube up the, like, Green Day Plays Their High School video, it's like, wow, they were just fucking great. You know, that's a, you know, they were just savants, I think. Yeah, I think, because those first albums, Kerplunk and those albums that came out initially, the slopped out sloppy hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They were kids, and I just heard them in the background. It was easily easy to pay for music to put in a skate video. So I remember yeah. Green Day before that Dookie album, and I totally loved it. And I do love 
So Holy. I, you're right, Mark McGrath. Holy shit. Yeah. Are we with McGrath on this yeah. one? I'm a thousand percent with McGrath on this one as per usual. I kind of like uh, Sugar Ray's first album, actually. The one that's hard before they went uh, beach melodic. Uh, All right. Now you've gone too far. Now you're going to use what? a towel beating. No, Sing one fucking early Sugar Ray song. Don't I you dare you. mess with my green machine. <laughs> 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 it's about the three-wheeler, the green machine three-wheeler. No. Yeah. And Can I always want a green machine. Can you sing fake Sugar Ray songs like Karen can make up <laughs> fake golf names? <laughs> it's a sitting spin. It's a sitting spin. They're just all about dumb toys all of from his, the 80s. Yeah, and all, of, all of Sugar Ray's first album was 70s televised commercials for toys <laughs> and their jingles set to hardcore. Pick Good up shit. Sticks. Pick up sticks. <laughs> yeah. Lincoln Log. It's a Lincoln Log. <laughs> Uh, Jordan, a lot. I, I, I always see you when we work together at Fuel TV. You always seem really sensible. Uh, like I, I would want your advice often, but uh, you have done. I wouldn't call you a thrill seeker, but I have seen you uh get punched while interviewing someone. Some yeah. some guy, some what? lunatic motorcycle guy, just punched Jordan in the face. Uh-huh. Jordan let a snake bite him on the knowingly would you have were you choosing between a spider and a snake there's some australian animal wrangler jordan let a snake bite his arm that (laughs) jesus i where i'm like i would never do that i can't believe jordan is a job that didn't give us health insurance yeah (laughs) i can't believe you did that there was the times you and i we both got Interviewed jackass guys while we got depanced and wore speedos, but that's just humiliation. We knew what we were getting into, but Wait, I've seen you be hurt so many times. I need to hear the snake story from Jordan's side. It's yeah. too. I oh sure. As, so unless we, that's all there is, <laughs> you know. So we went. So when Chris and I worked together at Fuel TV, the late lamented Action Sports Network. Yes, um, very lamented. I was, was in the Fuel TV family. I'd, I like to think. <laughs> <laughs> it was still uh it, it was still like the heyday of jackass like jackass yeah. was still kind of like uh, for that like sector of entertainment like the number one thing was still jackass yeah so like that was kind of like the the standard like if you you know like that's kind of the stuff people wanted so i think at our you know job we were like encouraged to do a lot of like that sort of thing and um because it's a funny visual and these are short segments so yeah something and mostly visually stimulating like right and, and mostly the people the show is on in a bar with no sound so like yeah <laughs> one uh, time john cusack hit you in the face with a full water bottle and I think it's because you asked him to. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we were like encouraged to do like real stunty stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, there was an episode where, God, there was like a cool punk animal wrangler who came on. Like it was yeah. a cool, like, like Jack Hanna who doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah. fi- finally, an animal, animal handler for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Rockstar Energy presents yeah. Jack Hanna. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But he brought this, in a bunch this of ain't like your daddy's animal wrangler, <laughs> uh, and he brought stuff. And part of the thing was like, okay, we should have we should have the snake bite someone on camera. I like, can't believe 
I swear, Jordan, it was your idea, and you were <laughs> the it? victim of your own idea. Because okay. no one would say, Jordan, let that tarantula, or wasn't it a spider? And, and a snake, you had a choice to get bit? Yeah. I, I, it horrifies me to even think about it now, but yeah. You know, and I think when we worked for that network, there was always a sense that, like, this thing is about to be shut down. Like, this network is yeah. about to be shut down. No one watches this. Like, yeah. This is it, it's barely hanging on. And, you know, yeah. I think there was just a little sense of like, we got to do our part to keep this on the air. <laughs> yeah. We got to keep our $700 a week and no health insurance. Yeah. So people, throw your body down in front of. I'm yeah. a team player. I will get bit by the snake if that means. But like the action of a snake oh rearing to bite you or that whole. It's just. Truly, I, I think it might be one of my biggest fears or like the yeah. vibe of it um, is so horrible to. Yeah. Just to stand there and be like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> and so it was awful. a little it was a little snake, but I was sitting right oh. next to you and you could see the teeth. The snake was slowly. It didn't happen quickly. <laughs> he slowly went towards Jordan's <laughs> arm and he just held it out. And we all watched the snake's teeth go into your arm. I, it still I know. Makes and then my it was showed sweat. over and over in slow <laughs> yeah. motion. <laughs> <laughs> this is from so the snake stupid. cam all to try and save a show we all thought the fox sports execs would see our desperation and honor us another season yeah but it didn't happen <laughs> my favorite fuel tv jordan morris memory is i was at a um it was a like a comic-con but for gay People, gay comic book writers, like that was kind of like thematically. And it was for some talk show. We were we were doing uh, a segment for it. And so it was the main room. It was just like a smaller Comic-Con, basically. And with all the same kind of cosplay and everything. It was yeah. very similar. And then I went into this side room because we were just trying to get B-roll. And I went into this room. They were having like a costume contest. And it was... Just all, you know, it was Superman, but then sometimes there'd be like a ball gag in someone's mouth or whatever. It would be sure, like, you know, sure. slightly s the sexy version. Yeah. And I look over, I'm just standing there like a little bit going, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I always, the, you know, those like field pieces where you're just like, now we're at the exercise expo or, you know, yeah. it's just, you're trying to make com comedy out of kind of nothing. And then I look into the crowd and Jordan Morse is sitting alone in the crowd wearing a brown corduroy jacket and writing in a little notebook like he was from the fucking Wall Street Journal. And it, I almost had a nervous breakdown. I was laughing so hard and it was so delightful because it's like in Los Angeles, there's all these events and then they're just I can't think of the phrase, but like all the people trying to make something for the like making content, yeah. making you know, clips for TV shows or whatever, just kind of descend on these events. Like, yeah. let me get my comedy out of it. <laughs> and it, I thought I was the only one doing it. And then just to turn around and just like, there's Jordan trying to make a, some kind of a field piece. In the it brown, so I remember funny. that brown corduroy blazer too. Yep. That's so great. I know. Yeah. And it's definitely like that, that kind of TV, um, you know, is so specific because you just get to know everybody else who does those and write. And like when you show up at the like, all right, this is uh, this is uh, the uh, furry community's go kart day, and you know, 
And then you kind of see the five or six other people who do like wacky field packages. And yep. uh, yeah, there's it's it's like the those old Warner Brothers cartoons where the the coyote and the dog punch in. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like for me, it makes me think of I've just stood for a very large chunk of my life. I've stood behind like a camera on a tripod wearing a a laminate and just hoping someone comes to ask me if they can be on TV because I don't want to go like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. those producers that are so Ugh, good at like yeah. this is what a great personality and you're going to be a, such a good person to talk on TV I was always like the stomach ache version of that of like I don't want to get involved in anything you don't want it that's such a tough thing too because I was also never good at that like there's because you don't want someone who doesn't want to be on TV, but you right. also don't want someone who does want to be no, on right, TV. Right, right, right. Both no, are very bad. But uh, the worst is the people who want to be because yeah. they fuck it up every time. Like you want someone's aunt who would be like, oh, honey, no, but then go into her aunt thing, right? right? That was what I was always aiming for. But it's Los Angeles. It's filled with people who want to be on TV. Right. So you can't get a clean, fresh aunt like to save your life yeah, in any of those things. That's kinds why of we would purposefully uh, go to like Westwood or Venice or someplace where it's less likely you'll run into someone that wants to make it in showbiz. It's like, yeah. where's the most normal neighborhoody? Glendale it is. Let's right. Go yeah. Yeah. You Galleria. can really get some good men on the street stuff done in Glendale. Yeah. <laughs> Do and that's ever, why those like the outer cities have banned uh, any kind of like shooting on the street or shooting yeah. without oh, every yeah. single person giving you a, um, uh, what do you call it? Disclaimer? Release. A release, We yeah. never even had, a, not only did we not have releases, we rarely had a permit. We just would show up to these events. Do you ever miss it, Jordan, though? Remember we used to go to like Las Vegas and stuff, a place that I normally don't enjoy? Yeah, and I mean, there's something really fun about like travel for work. Like we, yeah. you know, Fuel TV, you could probably kind of imagine what the budgets were on this thing. So, you know, we never like went first class or anything, but just like when your work buys you a plane ticket, you feel like yeah. you fucking gamed the system. You're like, yeah, yeah. I didn't buy this plane. I'm about to get on a plane. And, you know, even if you're going somewhere like, you know, shitty, even if you're going to Phoenix to cover an ATV convention or something yeah. like that, you're <laughs> yeah. like, I'm getting on a plane for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Free. Time- I don't know. But yeah, so I I definitely like miss that kind of like you know weird travel and yeah Me staying too. at the staying at the you know Phoenix Marriott and that's all drinking at the Phoenix Marriott bar and stuff. Yes, the big the big like party after when you actually get the job done, but you're still like you're being paid or you're on the yeah, clock, yeah, but yeah. you kn- but the job is done. Yeah. That's the the sweet spot. That's one of those moments you're like, oh, if the 15 year old version of me could see successful grown up me now. <laughs> Guys, G4 is coming back. Let's all oh, get a God. job at is G4. It? I will submit. <laughs> time to dust off that that reel. Uh, yeah, the time we got to go to Vancouver and we were paid to go. And it was just a day of me talking to some video game designers. And then we... Didn't we just ride bikes in Vancouver for uh, yeah. the rest of I, the time? We, I consider was, that among the three most fun weekends of my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. That's why I bring it up. Yeah, we we had such a good time. Vancouver is so beautiful. It we is. Did, there's just an island. There's just a mountain with pine trees and, and buildings coming out of it. It's like where it seemed like another planet. It was Karen, amazing. 
Do you remember a best and worst field package that you had to preside over? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can fucking walk you through oh, yeah. <laughs> almost every single one we did. Because I had, um, you know, we did field pieces. I had two jobs before I worked on the Ellen's talk show. Um, and though when we did field pieces on Zach Galifianakis' talk show, it was, as you would imagine, it just mayhem he would like it would be he'd be like i'm gonna put on this beehive wig and walk across <laughs> the street to the chinese food restaurant and see what happens yeah and he he truly was just trying to see what was going to happen in public with yeah. him being weird and he kind of was open to whatever and was kind of game but when we started doing field pieces on ellen it was like we had to use a very specific amount of allotted time in a space to its maximum capacity so because she would often be doing those shoots like on the Friday where we weren't shooting. So she did, wasn't getting a day off. She would have to go and do this field shoot. So the more work she had to do on the other side, like with everything else, those field shoots would get more and more like she would show up and you, she would want to walk in and it started, which yeah. makes perfect sense to me. It was it was a really good lesson in fine tuning producing for the talent because you're so uncomfortable in those situations. So there was one where like the first one I think of was she was literally going from this field shoot to like an awards. Um, she was hosting the Emmys or the Grammys or something like that. So she literally had two and a half hours or something and didn't want to use all the time. And the bit was she was going to get her bartending license at that bartending school on Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Sure. The, I wonder if you still worked there when we did this field I, piece. I oh, think yeah. I went to exactly one field segment and it was at Universal Studios and I was the guy who had to get the releases. So I had to like <sighs> find the people who and I think they were like getting people and pulling them into a building and giving them TiVos. Does that sound right? I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the joke was. Yes. It, it was the joke of you get something for free. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Let's see was, you freak out. You yeah. didn't expect to get a TiVo and now you have one and now you're at Universal Studios and have to protect it on water rides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you rent a locker big enough for this TiVo? <laughs> yeah. Or who's going to walk back to the car? Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I was. I don't think I was on that one. Yeah, I was. A, a, I was a PA on Ellen for a season, and yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to get the release assigned for that, and I don't think I went on any other field shoots. Yeah, it was this the this one in this bartending school. It was the kind of thing where she just kept looking over at me like, what are we doing? And my answer was just like bartending school. <laughs> but it was just like there was a bunch of like kind of one off jokes right. and things. But for the most part, it was just like we're, it's a one room place. You know what I mean? You this school, they taught you how to bartend. And then all the other students sat as the. Uh, customers yeah and it was so it was like it was playing bar but you then couldn't... people teaching you how to like make drinks but she wasn't really going to get a real lesson it was just yeah. this kind of thing where it was like where where are the bits that we're actually going to use that are going to make this thing worth our time right and it was really stressful and when you're looking at things like that for me immediately i'm like no nothing if this none of this is worth it I, for, like I get so negative and so like, yeah. then forget it. We shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a situation like that, where there isn't a hallway or somewhere where you can go, you're just in a, a room, room. Yeah. and, yep. and there's nowhere. It was always important to me to have somewhere to hide. It, yes. Just for a minute. I would get so stressed out to the point that my body became arthritic. I think <laughs> that the working on that show was really stressful <laughs> for me. Now that I'm just, 
I don't worry about much now. It's just doing stand up. It's like, oh, I got to book a flight or there's things I don't look forward to, but I don't break out in a sweat and start breathing heavily because of anything anymore. It, it's a that's good stressful yeah. business with those with those types of things. There's always just the possibility that wherever you are, people will hate that you're there. Yep. You know. Like, yeah, sometimes it's fun for everybody. Like especially sometimes... if you have a wig, or like the time we were redneck yodelers and and at some music festival, and everyone hated us. I I just remember being like, "Well, they're all gonna hate us." Yeah, let's definitely, get some content. Definitely, the music festivals were tough because, like, yeah, <sighs> like musician. Like, obviously, there's fun <laughs> musicians like Mark McGrath. Sure, <laughs> for example, sure. it's so fun. But yeah, sometimes you're just trying to like ring something you know out of vampire weekend who are just like you know stone-faced music yeah. theorists who <laughs> don't want to say anything funny and like yeah yeah i yeah. also think there's that pressure to i i had these a couple times in my in when i was doing more performing where i'd kind of be standing there and that feeling of pressure of like you now have to make this something and you know there are people your peers and you've seen people do it and they do it really well so now it's your chance yeah except for that's not actually what it, it's not like oh all of a sudden it all goes great or whatever it's like it's usually a ton of planning some memorization or at least like oh if we do this we could do this there's like a lot of fucking work that goes into it on top of being open to being kind of like an improvisational mind um and it took me as a stand-up comic forever to be like oh no you yes and it you're not here to like win and shit on people (laughs) you're here to like you know make it a big fun thing for everybody it's you know, le- yeah. learning those lessons like while you're standing there are definitely some of my least favorite memories of stuff like that. Yeah, that yeah. was the one thing when I had to go to talk to someone before you would interview them or whatever, producing in any way. That was always what I tell them, like, I'm going to look stupid and you're going to look I'm going to I'm here to make myself look dumb. And you you just get your information across and I'll be the butt of the joke, even if that's not what happened. But that's always just put them at ease in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss it, but I miss seeing you on, I always thought you were the whole reason I brought it up is you were always so good on camera. And when you started like writing and creating these things where you're not uh, on camera, I was like, Oh, that's not Jordan. Wasn't into it as much as I was like the actual being on camera part. That's what I wanted out of fuel for some reason. It's like oh, wanted that experience, but yeah, I had so much fun with that stuff that we did. Uh, you know, snake <laughs> snake bites aside, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, bad hotel rooms and stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just never felt like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when I write something, I feel good and satiated in a way that I never did being on camera. And I know that, like, yeah, it kind of felt like the on camera stuff was like a snack I was eating or a bag of chips, and then yeah, you know, yeah. the writing felt a little more like a meal. Uh, sure, I know it's sure. the opposite to some people. I know that like, yeah, that like great performance makes you feel like you're, you know, creatively satiated. But um, yeah, well, yeah, stand up, yeah, stand up does that for me. Yeah. I, uh, that's my thing that I. But like when you you were just talking about the whole jack that it was the jackass era. Therefore, these like the thing, the orders that came down was you guys had to be jackass, too. Like when you're under those 
directives that are so almost anti-creative because it's like no one's going to do what fucking Johnny Knoxville is right. doing. Yeah. It's only going to feel like a ripoff. And you guys are the ones that have to be the like, have to float that bad idea. I think performing for me really started to lose all of its fun, or at least especially on camera, because I knew that a lot of it was coming from people who didn't understand what was funny or why things were good. It yeah, was just right, like, yeah. do the thing they're doing. Uh -huh. yeah, Give us yeah, that yeah. thing. You know, you <laughs> yeah. got a lot of that thing. And it's like, oh, I can't do that for you. It's like make a viral video God, type of directives yeah, yeah. where you're just like, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. Sure. Yeah, I have yeah. to be making a news story about stomping on grapes and then I have to accidentally <laughs> fall down. You can't. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we, we're all like still seething about the times in our careers where someone has told <laughs> us to make a viral video. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I, I think we can still be upset that we were just made to go to the jackass thing and get naked in front of them. Like, hey, we're doing what you do. I know. Pull my yeah. pants down. Pull I, I mean, oh. in, yeah, I, I think I remember it, buying the Speedos and everything. Like, yeah, we, we went doing. to like deep West Hollywood to like the West Hollywood club zone and like bought, <laughs> nice. you know, and bought uh, international mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, God. And yeah, that was a thing, too, of just like and, and I think in my in our experience, I always found the jackass guys to be very nice i think they're nice yeah, and yeah. appreciative of of the fact that they've gotten famous from you know uh uh being shot out of a porta potty yeah, yeah. But like but yeah i i think that was as like creative as our network got was just like do a jackass go to go go talk to the jackasses and you do a jackass too okay yeah like, <laughs> do a jackass <laughs> but i do think it's a good place to i think those jobs and those scenarios are the thing that like it teaches you almost like permanent lessons right. like once you get through one of the furry go-kart days then the next <laughs> one you go to you're just like oh wait no a b c d we know how to do this because yeah. sure you, let's shoot you, the ends and the outs here we'll get this guy to say something we'll do two of these and then we're out yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. your lessons become uh it's like for your own preservation but then it's like i think that's it's like it was a weird thing to me and a sad thing to me to be like oh i actually do not aspire to be on camera anymore right. yeah because it really isn't the thing I made up when I was nine and thought that's what I wanted for the rest of my life. It's this whole other thing, which is be jackass. Give us jackass results. However you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? That whole idea where it's just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, um, this is a, this is for someone, <laughs> this is for someone else. Yeah. I'm like too much of a, I don't know. I think it's a very specific and very, important ability yeah i'm too sensitive about like i care too much about what other people think that i i can't just be thrown in those situations it's yeah. bad for my health yeah so you're did you guys have to do red carpet like yeah movie red carpet where you were jostling against other reporters type of stuff Who, yeah totally jordan once said <sighs> uh some guy said something to jordan and he goes "Ooh, hollywood big shot making some threats and the guy, <laughs> he got it was like a brian gray's i don't know who it was like a michael bay type do you remember saying that i don't hollywood remember big saying shot that it sounds funny <laughs> it was really funny and he he looked at you and he's like oh this guy saw through me and he's right and he just kind of smiled in admiration and then then walked away it was pretty great yeah what was he threatening i have all of jordan's 
Uh, I can't remember what he did say in a jokey way. Like, I will have you killed because I'm a big movie guy. That was his joke. And, and Jordan's like, ooh, Hollywood big shot, making some threats. <laughs> he, Jordan just thought it was a good out for that. And yeah, uh, this guy was like, we were doing this right, on, you know, right <laughs> on the cusp of when one could be canceled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think people right. were like really fine just being dicks to us because, yep. you know, there was no, yeah, the threat of like, what a dick you are leaking yeah. wasn't there. Um, so yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We, I think we experienced like, you know, uh, a kind of pre pre social media level of dickishness that maybe yeah. hopefully people don't have anymore, but, um, you know, I'm yeah. sure they do in secret, but yeah. Th that just reminds me if I may share, please I do. did remember on the positive side, please, please my share. <laughs> The one that I did love was on Zach Galifianakis' talk show. I believe it's called Late World with Zach. We did a thing where we sent like a PA or a, like a field AP to the red carpet, to real red carpets. And he asked people questions that were all just on a list we gave him. So he wasn't trying to be funny. He was just reading shit. But yeah. they were all kind of assy questions. <laughs> and we would do it to get like people going like what what did you just say <laughs> and then we would intercut it with with um zach standing next to the dumpster and so it'd be like it's another red carpet whatever and it was this stupid thing where clearly they were the two people were not actually talking to right, each other right and it was all just setups but we were basically just in, intentionally fucking with mid-level celebrities so we could get their negative reactions <laughs> it, i can't explain it but there was one yeah. where ben affleck literally was threatening to like beat the shit out of this ap he's like you think you're fucking funny you think you're funny guy Whoa. and like this whole thing where we're like oh my god this is perfect and we were, <laughs> it was so shitty it was so shitty of us as a comedy show to just be like here's the comedy you're pissed yeah, like that's yeah, so yeah. cheap but it was i loved it so much because you're right. That was this era where on those red carpets, it's like, how dare you speak to me? It is me, the star or whatever, which I feel like <laughs> no one would have the guts to do anymore unless yeah. they were like literally still Ben Affleck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because they and, think it'll go viral. Yeah. And you're yes. right. I think when you would, you know, when we did enough of those, there were just a like, there was just a little swath of, yeah, like B, B list people that just turned you know whether they were in the movie or not like jeremy piven's assistant from entourage <laughs> just was at everything whether he was in it or not and yeah uh, yeah you could always kind of like rely on him for like a sound bite he kind of like he's like this is my thing i'm gonna go to these and i'm gonna like be like a little funnier than everybody else here alec mappa right Oh gosh, I forget the I forget his name. Yeah, but um. I think that I th I didn't I didn't watch Entourage, but if it is, I would I would I would I would Karen, you didn't watch Entourage. <laughs> I'm Don't shocked. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. I just the the first time I watched on any of Entourage was when Gil Ozeri did the Entourage a thon. Oh, which right. was him it was one of the first streaming things i ever watched <laughs> and it was him watching 
every season of Entourage in a row without going to sleep for as long as it took. <laughs> and then it led up to him getting in an, a limo and going to the premiere of the Entourage movie. And it was so fucking funny <laughs> because it was him. It was Adam Pally. It was they had um, like an improv or a, like a sketch group together or whatever. So they had all these funny people that were from their, you know, group or whatever. Some of the funniest people. And they just sat there watching Entourage and riffing. And it was fucking the best. And it made me because I was basically watching it with them. I turned it on and then like was watching the same episode so that their riffing made sense to me. So I could see the whole thing. It was delightful. It was so funny. So then I kind of weirdly very much got to know the entourage universe <laughs> embarrassingly <laughs> so, so but funny. it was really good i never i wouldn't watch it out of spite because i had a callback for turtle and i didn't get it oh yeah, i was very upset thank there's god a, i didn't there's an alternate that, universe where chris fairbanks was turtle yeah oh. wearing a backwards kangol hat yeah that could have been me nah. could have part owner of fat souls or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that idea that if you got the part, you'd just get everything. <laughs> All I want to do come up I with a sandwich a, store that puts I just want to be a sandwich, sandwich tycoon. That's what the you only get. reason I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about Bubble the Book. Is, is this the... This is still a graphic novel, right? This is going to have comic book illustrations? Yeah. So I, listen, I know I spent listen. a portion of this show dicking on people who work in comic books. <laughs> I know. I almost brought it up then. Yeah. I am coming on. I mean, to see my good friends, of course, but also to yeah. promote a comic book slash graphic novel. So maybe I had made my me. I made a mistake earlier in the show. I don't know, <laughs> but gonna, we did we'll it. bleep it all I'm out. That with whole it. section. Um, <laughs> I should say there are a lot of lovely comic book stores and comic book store employees. If you're in the L.A. area, <laughs> Secret headquarters. Talk to Julie. She gives great recommendations. Some of the books that I still read today, I got from the first time I went there. Uh, so there are a lot of lovely comic book people amongst the uh, chunky jewelry. <laughs> a thousand percent. I feel like when you're good, you're great at a comic book store because you are, if you are the person that's helping the newbie weirdo weekender and you're actually doing it you're like love can build a bridge absolutely, yep. you're, absolutely. you're really doing be, some work that can yeah. be a very influential person uh comic books are lovely i have read them my whole life i am glad that i uh have them in my life and i am glad i got to make one um yeah so uh bubble the podcast uh chris mentioned uh earlier in the show uh it is a sci-fi comedy it's kind of like the elevator pitch would be search party meets guardians of the galaxy it's these kind of like um you know uh, down and out hipsters in this bubble city and they have to like participate in this kind of Hunger Games life and death gig economy to survive. Um, yeah, we did it as a podcast and now the graphic novel is coming out. So uh, I wrote the script with a great comedy writer named Sarah Morgan. Um, the art is done by Tony Cliff, who is a great comic book artist uh, who is known for the Delilah Dirk series, if anybody oh, reads wow. those. Uh, our colors are done by Natalie Reese, uh, who does the Dungeon Critters series and uh, yeah it was like an awesome team I've always like wanted to try to make a comic book and this was just so much fun like you know if you know Tony's work his like characters are so expressive and beautiful but also his like fighting is great and like Natalie chose this like psychedelic color pattern for it so a lot of it's like 
on these alien planets and she chose these like bright Jack Kirby colors and everything yeah. looks really trippy and cool. And uh, yeah, and my writing partner, Sarah, is just so funny. And uh, yeah, so we got to just kind of like fill the thing with jokes. It's for grownups. There's a lot of sex jokes and uh, there's gore lots of jokes and uh, robots and monsters and aliens and all that good stuff. Is, and, it, is it totally new material from the from the podcast or is it based? It's based. Uh, on yeah, it is kind of like uh, it is kind of a lot of the stuff from the podcast, but some new stuff, uh, a different ending. Um, yeah, I think we kind of wanted it to be something that like podcast fans could get and yeah. feel like they were getting some new material, but also see some of the stuff they loved from the podcast. And yeah, and we definitely want to make it like new reader friendly. So like, yeah, if you haven't heard the podcast, if you don't read comics, there's like no barrier to entry. You can just pick it up. It's a complete story. So yeah, we kind of like wanted to make it with like all those different, you know, uh, uh, uh groups of people in mind. Yeah, I'm excited. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That's I'm, very exciting. I just loved the podcast, uh, just the way it matter-of-factly described these action scenes. Uh, and now that you get to actually uh, look at a really cool drawing of them, that's that to me is exciting. It would just be a totally different, cool way to experience it. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it comes out on July 13th. But uh, if you're listening to this before July 13th, uh, you can pre-order it. Pre-orders are really like helpful for books. So if this sounds like oh, right. cool. That's how you, uh, yeah, get that. Is it street cred? No, street. no. Uh, I think that's else. how you get a sequel from your publisher. Sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's publisher cred. Yeah. But publisher on the streets. Yes. And uh, <laughs> cred in the sheets. <laughs> do you think you yes yeah, so wait if they want to pre-order the the graphic novel is called bubble as well it is yes yeah i think if you Great. call your local like indie bookstore or your local comic bookstore where a cool nice person works yeah uh, <laughs> you and you just say uh bubble jordan morris sarah morgan tony cliff one of those people um they'll pre-order it up for you and it'll be there on july 13th yeah nice and, if, and a good way to support local indie comic book stores and independent bookstores. Yeah, totally. Right. You can you can get it through all of your uh various online marketplaces, but um yeah, definitely, you know, I know those uh, you know, indie bookstores and comic book stores kind of had a had a had a tough pandemic. I know a lot of that that is one of the businesses that were were uh kind of uh uh inordinately fucked during yeah. during all this. So, yeah, if yes. you can, if you can do a nice pre-order from them, um they would really appreciate it. And so I they could really afford their it. chunky jewelry, right guys? Yeah. We go right back to the Oh <laughs> god. Afford no, more no, ponytail no, wax. Yeah, you would you a stack of bubble graphic novels wrapped in plastic <laughs> sitting in the corner. No one will open them. No one will put them on the shelves. No. <laughs> he made fun of our jewelry. <laughs> How dare my necklace my mom bought this for me <laughs> she bought me this medallion skull uh well i'm very excited for you jordan that's that's great i can't wait to read it myself yeah, thanks, it's such a cool um do you think you'd do more uh in the graphic or in the comic book vein more work uh more projects yeah let's yes i i i i would like to and hope to and maybe I am, but can't say it. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that street cred yeah. I was talking about. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? As well as in the show, hey, what NDAs people yeah. have signed. But yes, yes. Working in comics is very, yeah. very fun. I really love it. Like, 
comics people are very nice people and they're sweet nerds and everybody does it for the love. Like there's awesome. not a ton of money in it. So people are just doing it because they love it. And uh, it really shows it is so fucking fun, especially if you like have a pro kind of holding your hand, which I did. I had a lot of great pros holding my hand while I tried it. So it was uh, really, really nice. So. That's very cool. I'm so excited for your future life, Jordan Morris. Yeah. (laughs) We believe in you and you're swimming in your comics. I've always believed in him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, All right. Who believed in me first? Say when you (laughs) believed in me and say who did it first. Well, it really actually freaked me out earlier when Chris was saying you're you basically got him into podcasting because you the word podcasting i'd never heard before and you invited me on jordan jesse go and it was like in this very odd time where i didn't know what i was doing or whatever and it was truly just like a what okay like yeah and my of course natural instinct would be like no thanks i don't know what that is and i'm not going to find out so and um yeah and instead you were highly recommended and then you know, and then it was like, oh, what a world yeah. to, to get introduced to. Yeah. Thanks for changing our lives for the better, Jordan Morris. Oh, yeah, happy man. To, happy to help. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to help. You, <laughs> you've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R. A-R. A-R. <laughs> Are you leaving Send you off in style. We wanna welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Malfoy. Uh, with Karen and Chris. <laughs>